0: You're listening to the Marketing Made Inclusive podcast. Tune in each week to learn how we can all make inclusive marketing the industry standard. Welcome and welcome back to the Marketing Made Inclusive podcast. I am your host, Joanne Boyce. And today we are joined by, I feel like everyone's my longtime friend, but John actually is, since I started the business, seen the sprouts of a of an agency, and it's blossomed into many things, but John has been a huge inspiration to me. John, hi. Hello, Joy.
1: <laughs> joy Ann, Sorry, I always do that. Um, you knew yeah, me as Joy
0: originally. It's
1: so inspirational that I can't do the right name. <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a lovely set of things to say. My goodness, how sweet. Thank yes,
0: you. Yes, you're the first... Okay, this is going to, this adds a little context of why I also admire you. Because you were the first white man in marketing to be honest with me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, okay. And in a very, like, straight talking, we spoke, I think our first conversations were always about marketing. But anyways, let the people know who you are, what you do, and tell them a little bit about you okay
1: um my name's john payne um i well the top of my list on my cv now is friend of Joanne boyce um that's that's huge I and mean, it might even put the years i might put it on my linkedin profile years active um, <laughs> must be
0: like eight or something that might be even more it's how long remember. have you been in business no it's, it's coming it's 2017 So yeah, it's been a minute, but then COVID years
1: are weird years. Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Oh, they were weird. Um, Yeah. So, um, but yeah, before being a friend of Joanne Boyce, um, I founded with my um, wife a company called Noisy Little Monkey, which was a SEO and marketing automation company. Um, And we've recently... um, exited that business, I believe is how you say it. Yes. Um, we are, we, yeah, exactly, we haven't got enough money to retire. So I will mm. be doing other stuff in future. I'm not quite sure what, but yeah, probably around uh, ethical growth in business mm. because yeah, that was the thing that, that really was the fun bit of doing what we did, I think, was, mm-hmm. you know, doing all the marketing and stuff. But doing like trying to run a business that profitably that then also was ethical and lots of people came to us um, and were friendly with us because of that kind of stuff and, and throwing ourselves into challenging um, uh, environments. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it'll probably be we'll probably do something like that because Nick's really good at coaching teams and helping leaders figure out where they want to go. And I'm good at sales and marketing um for founders really. So yeah. Um that's you missed
0: two other things. You ran the HubSpot group. We did. And yeah, we ran. Had two a whole HubSpot conference. Groups. Yeah, oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There were other things you've been doing, John. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah, we ran. We ran uh, the Bristol HubSpot group, and then we ran the um, worldwide um, HubSpot group for sales enablement. Oh. Where, um, so yeah, which would mean <laughs> that people from all over would get up early to listen to me and Katie Roberts of Atomic Smash. Excellent um, WordPress web developers in bristol um because she and i would run that together um that people would get up in like the other side of canada at like four in the morning to get to ask a question about sales enablement um that either me and katie or katie and andy one of your previous guests Mm -hmm. um, would answer um and we also ran digital gaggle not quite sure what we're going to do with that um we had some great speakers there one joanne boyce was um kind enough to grace us with our presence once and i do i think back way back then that was you were kind of like
0: you were a bit nervous about that i was a bit nervous that was also my first inclusive marketing style talk ever and it was banging wasn't it
1: tears you absolutely there wasn't a there was dry eyes in the house but only from people who were made of stone um (laughs) Yeah, it was really good, really good and really useful and really inspirational. So I think we'll probably do something with Digital Gaggle, um, unless someone wants to give me a ridiculous amount of money for it. Um, But uh, uh, what we'll probably, I don't know, Digital Gaggle will probably come back in some form um, uh, uh, and be more probably about, I don't know, whether it comes back as something that's more about ethical business growth or whether it is really focused on marketing and sales. But it was never, you know, it was always 50% how to be not an asshole in business yeah. or not an asshole in this or that so that should have been a strap line how it's, it's not a marketing conference
0: about not being an asshole in marketing yeah literally wow we should have built it as that it would have been it would have been massive by now because you i remember i uh i don't want to mix it up but i do think you had steve bartlett one year right
1: we did yeah nah. yeah yeah, yeah. We had, he he was um he was an incredible speaker even way back then. His ability to control a room mm-hmm. was phenomenal. He walked on. He basically joy. He rolled out of the taxi, not because he was pissed. He's just he's, the guy was always moving, probably still is. Rolled out of a taxi that was still moving with a bloke with a video camera following him. And I was like, that, oh, hello, I'm John. And he was like, that, yeah, I'm Stephen. And I was like, that, who's this guy? Like, pointing behind him. And he's like, that, that's my video. where very early, um recording every day of what mm-hmm. I do. And I'm like that. Oh. And in my head, it was just like alarm bells. This man's a lunatic. Um, <laughs> um, and then he kind of rolled up on stage and... Um, after causing us considerable problems because he didn't tell us he had a brand new Mac. um, And we'd said, tell us if you've got a brand new Mac, because we haven't got an adapter. Lovely guy ran to his car in the car park to get an adapter for not at that point famous Stephen Bartlett point. uh, Mm -hmm. Not at that point famous Stephen Bartlett. Anyway, got him all set up. All of this chaos had ensued. He was there late. It was just like rock star behavior. And I kind of love that, particularly (laughs) because he was so young. Like, it was like, of course you should behave like this. If you're a rock star of business at this age, you should behave a bit like a rock star. And then he just walked up and he went... I mean, I can't do it for as long as he did.
0: Like, he, seriously,
1: just he silence. S- silence for a minute. I timed it. As he bro- breathed in, I thought, oh, he's going for silence. And I looked at my watch and just looked at the seconds. And he was silent for a, for about 58 seconds in front of 200 people. And n- a, not a, you couldn't have heard a pin. You could have heard a pin drop. It was silent in there. And then he went, I'm Stephen Bartlett or something like that. No, he didn't even start like that. He just started off on... My mum told me not to do X or whatever. I went into his uh, story. Yeah,
0: yeah, that story. He yeah, good. had that for a while.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I actually don't, I don't really agree with the ethics of what social chain did. They nicked, I mean, it's like what Unilad do and all of that people, those people now. They, in my opinion, just mm-hmm. thinking it's both of us that might get sued because this is your <laughs> podcast. So I'll say in my opinion, mm-hmm. they nick content from other people, put some nice graphics on the front and then use it to grow their audience and i don't like the stealing of content from other creators in my opinion i'm not saying they
0: definitely do that like it was a wild time back in those days the social i Mm. feel like social media has matured a little bit it's calmed down now everyone's doing the ai things and not really doing anything wild with social yeah but back in the social chain days and then the way people used to have to send them like lego houses to apply for jobs and stuff yeah yeah Yeah. um but stephen's doing different things nowadays he is (laughs) he's a little Um, little bit well known now yeah i was gonna (laughs) say he's gonna say he's done all right for himself (laughs) i mean i think
1: we were quite proud of ourselves for about um 12 months the video of him doing digital gaggle was the most popular one on his youtube channel um and we're, we're just amazed he tried to go without saying goodbye to claire dibbon our marketing manager um who now works at carescribe who's she'd be worth well a conversation actually they do amazing things um but yeah she he tried to go without saying goodbye so um claire um <laughs> quite aggressively chased him down the street um and put her foot in the taxi door as he was trying to close it <laughs> so that she could give him his bottle of wine
0: and his thank you card in the most passive way, aggressive way possible. It's like and you will did. be thankful for speaking here, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She uh, she gave him the telling off. You say thank you to people and you say goodbye to people, Stephen. That's how you should be. And I think he just was like going off. He was already somewhere else in his head. But he did say thank you and goodbye.
0: I love it. We've already gone on the stories, but let me come oh, yeah. back. And let sure. me come back now is amazing because all of the things you've done, you've had such a long career, but I'm curious to know Ouch. one of the questions. <laughs> You're still young, John. You're still young. Anyway, mm. one of the questions I would love to ask is what does inclusive marketing mean to you? um (laughs) if you're listening to this um joy has just asked
1: an old white bald dude what inclusive marketing means to him and obviously it means bloody headache joy (laughs) all that rubbish i have to do now no it doesn't mean that um uh it's it's a really good question because um it's so broad isn't it i think if I put on my old hat of running a digital marketing agency, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: inclusive marketing meant to me that, and still means to me, although I'm not doing so much marketing right now, means that you, as much as possible, don't exclude people um, from, uh, 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 resonating with your message um and so a, a really good example of that like part of, part of the reason that i really enjoyed joy hanging out with you when we're talking about business the, the reason right, reason i really enjoy hanging out with you is we're possibly drunk and laughing hysterically um that's <laughs> but when we're talking about business and stuff mm-hmm. um uh, uh, uh like uh, you you uh, b- you remind me of the stuff that I easily forget because I'm in the the, the the bubble of being an old white dude and everything's already representative of me and my gang. Um, and so you know, reminding me that you know, um I think is it your story of the that when you came to the UK was the first time you realized oh, that you yeah. were black yeah um and that was like that when you said when you said that to me of course I'd heard similar things about oh I don't see myself represented and all of that kind of stuff but the first time realizing a difference must have mm-hmm. been you know well clearly it had an impact and look at you but um uh, uh but yeah so that often resonates with me is is okay well how can we make sure that that if we are um using visuals or if we are if we're using visuals that we are representing lots of different aspects of what we see in the world around us mm-hmm. um and certainly when i'm talking thinking about when we're working in with clients in bristol which is a lovely diverse city is well i set myself like mini goals and i'll talk to the client about them don't ever write them down because we end up having to, you know, go through legal and all of that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I would like to go. I like to go. Well, look, you know, if the, if if one in five people in your city is black or the person of color, if that's the if that's a phrase that's okay, um, we, why have we got ten people in this advert and they're all white? And in fact, mm. why is only why is only one of them a woman? Okay, so can we? And of course, they then go. Well, I we don't have any people who work here oh really what a surprise um you know maybe it's because everything you do is you know vanilla feeds into Um, that
0: cycle how does that work with so because i know the clients that you've worked with in the past tend to be lack of a better analogy suit and ties type of environments yeah how does it be in the agency coming from the outside bringing that and being as you've described yourself a white bald man yeah. raising that as well because i think there's this expectation that it's not the person that looks like them that's going to raise it to them how yeah. does that conversation happen
1: um actually i had a, a really interesting conversation with um andy jarvis um mm-hmm. about this um he of x marketing or x marketing i don't know how you say it. um andy just put a pronunciation guide on your website please um but anyway, because uh, I was like, the, someone asked me to do an inclusive talk about inclusivity
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, to a what do you call them? A steering committee for mm. a um, like an association or a membership organisation. So it was like the not the Chartered Institute of Accountants, but it was like okay, they 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 have. The, the chartered institute is runs the membership stuff and the, for, for all of the accountants it was like that I can't remember what the organization was for um and I was like that I don't I don't think you need me coming along to speak about inclusivity because I haven't lived this mm-hmm. um I haven't lived being excluded I'm able-bodied um uh straight uh um, you know I don't have dyslexia or anything you know my my biggest problem is all of those things actually <laughs> i'm just so 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 um uh typical if you open up a marketing brochure um uh, it's not a problem at all um but yeah so i was like i don't think that's good and and i was talking to andy about it and he said no i think it is good and he touched on a point that maybe um i hadn't considered is i'm quite safe mm-hmm. I, I mean I'm not, obviously. I'm going to go off like a fucking hand grenade at some point. Um, But um, uh, I'm quite a safe person. If you're a suit and tie um, old white dude who's never met anybody um, uh, uh, in a wheelchair or, um, you know, struggles with people who uh, uh, are, are, are... different genders different different colors different cultures all of that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. because you're you know you've come out of your Cotswold town and there's four of you there and you're all related to each other Um,
0: (laughs) 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 found another way to offend like you avoided so many minefields (laughs) just now uh, but just have uh, found a way. I apologise uh, oh. to the people of the Cotswolds.
1: <laughs> Offend the majority, Joanne. That's <laughs> that's, that's the al- goal. <laughs> that's always the goal. Offend the majority. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're that kind of person, it, it's probably a bit easier coming from someone who looks and sounds like you. Although I sound mm. much more working class than most of those people um, than. Um, you know, it, 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 perhaps I'm all, I've am i already got my defences up when um, a, 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 someone like you walks in the room and goes, I'm here to talk to you. I, and you don't do this because obviously you're so adept at coping with those um, ridiculous barriers that people are putting up. But yeah, it may, I don't think the barriers go up when I start mm. talking about it until they realise that actually I'm, I'm quite pro this inclusivity stuff. And I do think you should make some changes and we're um, you're not going to go out of the room today until you've figured out what change is going to make um but yeah so uh yeah i I feel often i used to have a certain amount of (laughs) i've got shame issues about lots of things so but but specifically being the bloke that would be rolled out the bloke that would be rolled out to do a talk Mm -hmm. well what a surprise another white guy on the stage. but now i realize actually that maybe um i'm the tip of the spear um, mm. that can that can you know m- make the crack a little bit bigger so that other people can can follow through so it's not quite standing on
0: the shoulders of giants i suppose it's more like following a termite um, i think it's <laughs> maybe even like a sleeper agent in the less yeah. in the marketing sense because i can see for many reasons an agency a cmo thinking you know if i go with this agency led by john he'll just agree with everything i said and these because the other thing they like to do and i've and i'm sorry if i'm generalizing a lot of cmos is accuse everything on the new generation yeah. they love to be like oh it's the new generation that are doing this or they're, they're making us use inclusive language da, 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 da. <laughs> so i can see them approaching you and you're like actually all that stuff they're saying i'm yeah. going to implement it anyways
1: yeah, well, and also because you're able to point to um, often anecdotal evidence, but also decent studies that you've shared in the past, where you can go, look, if we engage with a wider um, uh, community um, and be, and are more inclusive, well, we'll make more money. And. even the most yeah you have to at that point you know if they're going to push back they're an ist of some kind Um, Mm,
0: have you ever had a client or a potential client push back uh
1: yeah yeah we did we had one um we fired them um unfortunately because they were very
0: wealthy you they so what stage did Okay. They've been, shocking, so they've boys. been a client
1: for about two or three years. I'm I'm a chunky retainer. So um, they were already a client. Yeah. Um, and so this was the the, the, the the issue that first came up. And everybody who's heard me tell this story in the past knows the client, but I'm not going to mention one here because um they've actually just been sold and the guy who's an arsehole is leaving, although he is leaving with approximately 22 million more quid than he started with which is sad but there we are um ourselves tend to prosper it seems um but yeah so we were working with them and they had multinational websites uh so they're different lang- and they came to us um, originally because they had a problem that they couldn't rank for their for their main service that they offered mm-hmm. um and so we um helped them rebuild their website with a with a with another agency because we just did the seo and the kind of framework stuff um and some of them, and the uh, another agency built their website and we 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 made it multilingual um so that they had we did it in the in a really uh, search engine optimized friendly way with all of these different languages um and we made it because it was wordpress so they could just add on more languages um mm-hmm. uh, and it would it would handle the canonicals and the uh, all lang tags and all of that and every time they added on a new wordpress site to their multi wordpress install and i had a quarterly review with the senior team and i'd already brought this up with the marketing team who'd said oh well yeah we can't change that that's, that's the decision from let's call him dave um no no, let's call him john because he's a white guy (laughs) in marketing and we're all called john um so we've talked to john about this and yeah no he doesn't think it's a problem and my problem that i had was they had um you could go you could look at their different offices so you could look at houston texas you could look at boston massachusetts i can't say that massachusetts Yeah, that'll do. better. (laughs) my mum used to say massive two shits, and now I can't say anything else. Um, I was trying to edit that, and I've said it anyway. Two shits. Um, uh, And London, England, um, Lyon, France, Mm. Africa. Uh, For that, and I'm like that. So wait a minute. We've got all of these. I can do actually by city in every other part of the world. But um, uh, uh, you know, in Africa, where are you? And, uh, and, and um, they're like uh, Nairobi, and I'm like that. Well, then surely that's Nairobi, Same. Kenya, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, that's what you should have. Well, no, because we serve the whole of Africa, well, that, but you don't <laughs> serve, You barely even serve the whole of France from Lyon. Africa is, regardless of what your map tells you, <laughs> Africa is way bigger. Um, I'm not like, that. Why don't? You? And also, it will make it much more targeted mm-hmm. for the people you want to serve in the the community um, of Nairobi, because that will you'll get
0: loads of business from there rather than having to go to Chad. <laughs>
1: and yeah. filtering yeah. it
0: out and locations and all that so, <laughs> so very crazy. logical recommendation yeah um but yeah and I was like that also just the optics of that really suck
1: they're mm-hmm. really really imperialist and gross um and they were like and he was like that no I don't need to change it because um uh, uh, for me we're targeting all of Africa and we toed and froed and I was like that you're not targeting all of Africa um you know you're not targeting either of the Sudans because you know you they're not desperate for your products there right now there was a war you know fairly hefty war going on anyway so um it came to them having the next um big chunk of work um and I said well we'll because you want to go out to tender we'll use our retainer to help you write the tender um tip to anybody who runs a marketing business always use your retainer to help them write the tender because then you'll win the tender um Mm -hmm. but this was one we just we intended not to apply for so we wrote the tender um and they phoned us up like three days before the end of the end oh we haven't had your your um you're tendering and i was like that oh we're not tender for tendering for it you're you're gonna absolutely screw up the implementation that we've described um you can come back to us when
0: when you when it all goes wrong and when
1: you're ready to change when you're ready to make those changes they came back to us when they made the changes and they'd screwed up everything for about a year um but yeah the and by that point the website did say nairobi kenya i think they opened up another african office i think they're in um lagos as well and it was like ah. well done.
0: Um, that. Like, oh, now, now you want to be specific. Good. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Um
1: but yeah, so um we didn't I don't think we told them that's why we were firing them, but it, it was definitely they knew that well I'd have just had a stand-up row with their managing director and founder. So
0: fair, fair, and I think that is some of the elements of being a, a again, I, I can't not use the term now in I had a sleeper agent that you're able yeah. to do those things. Yeah. You're able to push back on those things. Whereas in certain experiences, I always say sometimes when I work with teams and companies, I feel like they bring me in to say the things that they wanted to say, but they can't yeah 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 I'm yeah. the external person I go in I say these things and I can leave because they've heard it yeah. but when they're saying it internally or in-house they're like oh no don't worry that's just your opinion or it's just your feeling like
1: yeah want to push exactly. it aside or it's just you being a millennial or a mm-hmm. whatever the new one is generation
0: gen z uh, or whatever gen, gen z gen then gen alpha which I what find a alpha? bit yeah gen alpha is after gen z how old are those people I think they're like ten.
1: Oh, okay. So they're nearly in charge.
0: Always, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm becoming, you know, no, no, no I'm, I'm still a millennial. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Gen
1: X. I, I, I hate all of you other generations. That's my job.
0: It, it, you do it well. You do it <laughs> well. <laughs> okay, so that's really fascinating to take that stance with a client and to essentially let them go and based on the fact they're not willing to change. And the other element I love about that story, it's such a practical outside of the inclusive marketing bit and the general, you know, Africa is a continent, not a place. Yeah. There's a general, like that was SEO advice. That was, yeah. And that's what I love about inclusive marketing. It's like, yes, we have the elements of diversity and inclusion in there, but it's wrapped in practicalities. It's yeah. wrapped in this will one, make your website reach more people, make you more money, is still wrapped in marketing. Yeah. I th- yeah. And I think, in fact, when you were saying that, I thought, oh, there's a load of other clients that we
1: just didn't win because we wouldn't. Sh-. So someone once said to me, don't ship shit. We don't ship shit. We only ship quality. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay, I like that. Um, and so we always, from an SEO perspective, um, I and the rest of the team always felt, well, if, it's, if it isn't accessible, um, online then it's not good for SEO um, but you know it's not the be all and end all there's plenty of inaccessible sites that perform really well but actually we know that accessibility is normally it gives it a bit of an uplift mm-hmm. but also it just makes the web a better place like the amount of times I said to people just put alt text on your images because tomorrow you'll rank better because you've got a million images and it just makes the web a better place and often they'd go oh let's Let's do it for that. Okay, we'll dedicate. Which would all, which is always lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we would get yeah, so, and we would turn down business from people who would say, "Well, we do, we don't want to build it like that. We do, we still want your SEO, but we're we're just not going to build an accessible website." And we'd say, "Well, that's that's step one for us. So then, no work." So, um,
0: how did you guys incorporate that accessibility element into the building of the site, and like, what did that process look like? So from a initially um
1: when it was just me we would follow um w3c guidelines mm-hmm. god that was years ago really um uh, uh which were put together, again uh, another bristol awesome person leonie watson um she was a software developer um mm-hmm. and um suffered from diabetes um didn't treat the diabetes well she would say this it's not me just (laughs) judging lovely only um didn't um didn't treat the diabetes well um and um went blind as a result while she was learning to code um and was very angry about stuff um and eventually she's not so angry anymore which is probably good for her but i really loved her angry um because she was very she would be very um vociferous about um w3c stuff and she worked with tim berners lee on the original w3c stuff yeah 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 um uh so um yeah so we would we would do w3c compliance um on everything um cascading style sheets and html um and then th- the more accessibility you could build in that was beyond that so like you know tab order on a keyboard for people who weren't able necessarily to use my ma- mouse um or or, or tracker pads um uh being able to make the text larger and smaller i mean typically now that's done you can do that within the browser so most people have that set or being able to make um you know uh, uh, make all of the text white on black because that's easier for you to read and, and like it started off with w3c and then it just got more and more progressive um and then eventually to the point where uh you're testing colors for contrast because color blindness and dyslexia and all of this kind of stuff and started out with me going oh this is a this is good for search and it's also we'll make the web a better place these are good things um and then um Steve Mitchell our head of seo carried it on and then and harry Locke, who was um worked for noise little monkey for two or three years came along and went we do all of this stuff that's an seo audit but we don't do a full accessibility audit as part of it mm. and we're not we weren't we weren't an accessibility company, mm-hmm. um, so it was silly for us to say, well, we're going to do a full accessibility audit, but we could do a pretty in-depth one. So we would So, and Harry brought in the, right, well, there you have an SEO audit um, and as part of that, it's an accessibility audit, um, and with the, you know, that has as much of a – before it was like all text and cascading sales sheets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then it had its own big section in our audit, and we would do that for every client. Every client got an audit that was like, gosh, sometimes hundreds of pages long on things that they should change, and accessibility was probably 25 pages of it, and it would normally be in the top 10 recommendations. It would be in the top five every time because okay. – Typically people just don't,
0: they don't do it. They just don't pay attention the to it and that's it mm. They just go on yeah, about way.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or they go, Oh like these are our corporate colours. And then we go, your corporate colours are terrible for people with dys- dyslexia. Stop putting that blue on a grey background.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I always forget your suit and tie clients, or oh, they do not inspire me. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> but the, the nice
1: thing was I God, I'm really going on. But um uh someone uh jamie riddell who um uh, uh, was one of the early pioneers of seo um told me once that he went for clients that were rich famous or inspired um because the inspired ones often don't have much money but they're the ones that you can do really cool stuff with Mm -hmm. um the famous ones you really need some logos on your website so mm-hmm. that people go, oh, yeah, I've heard of those people. Um, and the rich ones pay for the work that you do for the but inspired ones. And the famous ones, you, do a disc- you have to do a discount to get their name on your website. Um, so, yeah, the suit and tie clients were the were the worst, but they paid for us to do good stuff. <laughs>
0: for okay. Inspirational clients. With the accessibility audit, did you upsell it or did you just include it? Or like, It was just included. It was just included, so it wasn't upsell yeah. costs. Because that's yeah. really interesting. Because there was the opposite, because there are... Companies out there that just do accessibility Mm. audits and sell that as a service. So, why did you decide not to have it as an add on?
1: Because otherwise, people wouldn't have paid for it. Sometimes you just got to force it on. And we would also say to them, you know, there are companies that will do a proper version of this accessibility audit that's like RSE or O audit and is hundreds of pages long and, you know, they'll have real humans do stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a lightweight but it wasn't a lightweight version of it but we would describe it as a lightweight version of it because we what we didn't want to do is go well don't go to i can't remember the name of any of the agencies that do it now but don't go to x agency who can do this for you you know take this as inspiration and go to them once you've fixed these things and then go and do because otherwise they're going to waste their time on all of this shit that just is good manners like you know it's it's you know so yeah um but yeah, if we'd have said to people, "Oh, and there's more mo- more money for the accessibility," people have gone, "Oh no, I just want better rankings," because uh-huh. people look at finance first,
0: obviously. Mm-hmm. But that must inspire your like company culture in terms of people coming in to the team over the years that you have been hiring. Mm. That element of no, we just do this because it should be done. Yeah, must have influenced like how people approached your work overall in I the think company. So. Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, I think um, looking back on it
1: now and looking back on the, the the pressure that we put ourselves and everybody else under during the <laughs> pandemic when business <laughs> was hard to come by, um, maybe we could have framed that differently <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, because it wasn't all um, sunshine and roses. We, because there, there was a um, culture of always going the extra mile
0: and, mm-hmm. um,
1: and so many businesses paid lip service to that. But we like the gap the, the Noisy the Monkey team really did gain the extra mile pretty much all the time. Unfortunately, that's quite difficult to switch off. Um, and so in truth, we probably went too far too many times, which made um uh, 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 profitability not so not so good um mm. and put our team under more pressure than they needed to be so if there was any any lessons that i was going would learn from something like that is like yeah that culture of going do this because it's right tell them this because it's the truth um it, you know and don't you can don't sugarcoat it because you're a nice human being but don't sugarcoat it to the point where they don't make a change you know mm. fight your freaking corner um and if you need me to come in and throw chairs around in the boardroom brilliant that's what i'll do um and i, I yeah i think probably at that uh, so at times we put we by doing that put our staff under more pressure than we would have wanted to um because they felt that they had to keep doing that when actually that. you know you could just go john can you go and shout at these people please <laughs> um uh, but yeah it's yeah so that we we could have got the balance better towards the end I think that was part of the reason I wanted to get out is we were just everybody was working their socks off and it's like wait a minute not everybody works like this yeah (laughs) it's a hard thing some people who have a job where they don't
0: work really hard really intensely all day every day so no it's honestly it is difficult and that if that's the culture that you've been, even from my experience, going into organizations and trying to push for change. And you're constantly, every clear marketing decision you're making is being pushed back like a diversity and inclusion decision, even though they're one and the same. We all know when budgets get cut, it's diversity and inclusion, then it's marketing are the two areas yeah. that big organizations do. Yeah. So during COVID, I can see how that could impact. And then everyone's well-being as well-being impact on top oh. of... It's one thing when you have passion for something and everything else in your world is okay. You can go for a full passion. But when the world is essentially on fire and then your job where you're passionate, people are constantly pushing back at the right way to do things or or the most ethical way to do things. I can see those two colliding. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it, actually. Yeah. I can see those two colliding. I I still think, yeah, you have the the three ones. Famous, um, suit and ties, And then passionate.
1: Yeah. Passionate and inspiring. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you're working in an agency world without that, without the inspiring ones, it's just cranking that handle to sell more shit the world that doesn't need that's that uh, we'd say that a lot to our clients this just feels like we're selling shit the world doesn't need let's try and make the world a better place while we're selling whatever it is you sell (laughs) oh you sell forklifts okay forklifts (laughs) and forklift accessories okay well how can we do that how can we make a small change while we Mm -hmm. help you sell more forklifts um Gosh, I shouldn't have said forklifts because we did have a client that sold
0: that. Um, oh, they, gosh. they weren't awful. I so, don't even I know how you would make forklift sales inclusive. That's the other thing I always think, and I'm I'm curious about your thoughts. In a capitalist society, inclusive marketing will still be capitalist. Yeah. So we can make forklifts inclusive and representative and you know all the stuff, but it still is selling forklifts.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Wow yeah oh gosh how like well I guess designer shots of the forklift angles yeah I mean you could I mean I actually
1: I mean uh, that's why I love working in marketing and sales is because I get fascinated by pretty much whatever is the new thing that someone's showing me so yeah someone's showing me the new model of a forklift that can do, you know, can move pallets to a, to a 37 degree angle rather than a 24 degree angle. And it doesn't need any more weight on the back to do that, John. I'm like, flipping heck, that's brilliant. Can we get the 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 50-year-old white driver off? And, and just smoke someone out. Stick a woman. Oh! I tell you, John, I've got another terrible inclusivity story. Okay, go on. Okay, um I was we were working with an engineering company.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh we did we absolutely um uh fixed them by um having fixed their male chauvinist issues by having um their account manager as an Asian, not as an Asian, she was an Asian <laughs> um a uh, uh, woman. It was vegan, actually, so that really probably really got their goes. A
0: bunch of okay. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, uh, uh, and obviously, once um, presented with um, a human being that was uh, of a different culture um, and a woman, they were like, oh, this is like talking to a normal human being. Yes, we're all the same. Um, uh, uh, but anyway, before that, we said what we, we they sold, let me be careful, plant um so uh, uh yellow plant specifically so diggers um, okay uh cranes and stuff like that um and they they had a they were they covered the whole country they had a very specific market and we helped them with a rebrand staff engagement um using social media because their staff just didn't eat, they were all over the country and diggers so we were getting them on Facebook and all that kind of stuff uh, and um we said Look, one of the problems is, well one of the problems we feel is every photo you've got, you know, it's a guy who's covered in tats, which is fine. A lot of them were, you know, covered in tats guys, um in the in the cab of this whatever thing it is you're trying to flog in the JCB or whatever. It wasn't JCBs, but it was stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um and they were like that, yeah. We're like that. It would what would be really cool is if we got um some people of colour and some women in those shots because you know there are women work on building sites lads um uh, uh, and you know there are plenty of people of colour who work on building sites. you know this isn't a great big leap um and they were like that all oh, right yeah okay <laughs> and then in the board meeting about half an hour later the chairman said i've got an idea for women in the in our photographs why don't we get one in a bikini in the bucket of the uh, <laughs> thing and like everybody laughed uh, and uh yeah i laughed because i was like
0: this
1: is ridiculous I, I well this is ridiculous and if i don't laugh they're gonna take me outside and bully me and i was like that dude i really don't think you've this we can't do that um and so like that you know i appreciate your trying we, we that, had another
0: to yeah. their point though that is an example of an attempt at inclusive marketing, but just really fucking bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a swing and a miss.
0: It's just like, <laughs> I do say that you can't implement inclusive marketing without a diverse company, but it sounds like that would be what you would come yeah. up with. Well,
1: to their credit, their, their HR manager, they realised they had a problem with it when we had, we had a couple of conversations like that. One where I absolutely lost my shit. I'm not going to go into it. Um, But yeah, I had to use the phrase you've got fucking daughters and that's how you're speaking about people in your employ. And <sighs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I can't, I forgot how many arguments I had with people. <laughs> it
0: seems like you've been doing a lot of arguing. These are not the things I hear. And this is why I love talking to you, John, because I hear the things that happen when I'm not in the room. Cause I know as soon yeah. as I step in the room, one of two things will happen. And particularly with older white men, they will tell me they have a daughter or yeah. they will tell me they grew up working class. What yeah. <laughs> I can bet money Ugh. on it. And then they will then just nod along to everything I talk about with inclusive marketing. And I'm like, yeah. I want to know how you really feel. I wanna know yeah. what campaign will you create that and then we can work backwards. Tell me you're gonna yeah. create a campaign where you put a woman in a bikini to sell a tractor so we can figure out why you thought that was a good idea and deconstruct it to make it a good marketing plan. That would be really cool. Yeah, the trouble is they'd never present it to you. (laughs) They would never say it.
1: They'd be like, this is the one we need to show her. We know we're going to go with this one, option B, but we need to show her option A because misses yeah. someone that made us pay for an inclusivity thing but yeah the company I'm talking about um or was talking about um their HR manager is um or HR director is female and of Asian heritage mm-hmm. which was which is a huge ch- turnaround from where they were and I don't think I made that change I think like. There were a lot of external factors. Um, but yeah, I was, yeah, probably need to give them some props after. So I'm glad I didn't mention them, their names. Um, yeah.
0: Part of me will want to search on the ASA website to see if they had anything pulled in the past couple of years. But, you know. Yeah, no, it's... they definitely didn't.
1: They definitely didn't. The closest thing we did for them that would have done that was our idea. And it was, um, I don't know how good this is, but it was a really, really good reference to cocaine. Um, uh, um, and we and they were like that that is incredible work um, not only was it banner adverts they made it bumper stickers it was brilliant work um but yeah
0: this is definitely our most non-child friendly episode ever oh no not that that is our target market at all oh, but goodness. if you are listening to this podcast with your kids around while you're working don't it wasn't glorifying the
1: taking of drugs um, it, it was referring to them <laughs> oh gosh no I'm just gonna stop digging this hole
0: but no I you touched on the element of what I love about marketing the rabbit holes we get to go into as marketeers and to just like learn about all these areas and all these things that you wouldn't you wouldn't think to google search because it wouldn't cross your mind to want to even watch a documentary. I wouldn't watch a good documentary about diggers, but I will try and create, think of a creative campaign. I am thinking of creative campaigns right now. Yeah. I can't help it, but um, it's such a fun job.
1: Yeah. 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 If that, if, yeah, if That is the 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 tragedy and joy of it is that if you're into it, you immediately think, oh, you know what? You could do X mm. and it would help sell those things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Another, a quick area I wanted your, might be quick, might not be. I know you dabble in AI and dabble mm. in some of the areas. What Very are your dabble. thoughts on how it's impacting the marketing sector? If you, specifically SEO maybe, mm. uh, in general.
1: Um, yeah, I there's some things I really like about it. Um, mm-hmm. Is that, this, this isn't an SEO thing, but um, I wanted an image for a post that um noisy little monkey put out um uh end of last year and the the image didn't exist so i uh got ai to deliver it to me and they the prompt was along the lines of a black woman with a smiling uplifted face and eyes closed and pink hair um and I got like four or five versions of them. You could not tell that this wasn't something because we just didn't. I didn't have a photo that yeah. represent, represented what I wanted. And all of, of course, unless you go to your image library, um, all of the image libraries. I mean, they're better now, but they were also. Oh, and I wanted it on a pink background. Mm. That's that was the the other thing. Um, all of the image, you know, unless they're. Um, yeah, I mean, there used to be the meme of it was just ladies laughing at salad, right? That was what all Still is. Um, stock photos. Yeah, and now it's you know um, Asian woman with a clipboard, um, <laughs> or you know multiracial uh, people sat around a laptop that's clearly Have not. Have you seen
0: on. the fist bumps where it's just a yeah. bunch of different shade of hands, <laughs> <laughs> particularly
1: when they're in that shape where they're a
0: star? But no one fist bumps like no one that. <laughs> it's my favorite worst one oh there's one and i do love them and they have some good images but people continuously use this image of a black woman holding a laptop outside a server room and i'm like no one in tech yeah will stand next to a server room holding the laptop like that to type yeah, yeah. like yeah
1: <laughs> yes yeah but yes. so that was the only ones i could find and i wanted something vaguely arty um uh, uh, uh and uh mid-journey um made it for me um mm-hmm. after a few attempts and it was beautiful and you couldn't tell it wasn't a real person I mean because I said no hands because you know as soon as you let it show hands then there's weirdness but but you know it was a it was a neck up shot it's really lovely um so I really like it for that I like it for that you can use it to create imagery that perhaps um to support stories that perhaps otherwise you wouldn't be able to do you have to be kind of like me I guess in being like reasonably blunt about what you want um mm-hmm. uh, uh, uh because I think you know and I uh, you know I do feel a little bit of terror going oh I asked for it to be a black woman when I'm really you know putting it out there yeah because like it feels like I'm you know othering somehow um and I'm, I'm and obviously I'm having to, to a certain extent, to get what I need mm-hmm. um, or what I want to look inclusive. So, yeah, there's still a little bit of worry about it. So so I think people would be um, somewhat scared of doing that sometimes. But, yeah, I've used it for, yeah, I love that because you can find you can, or you can create inclusive imagery where none exists yet. Um, uh, 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 and thankfully, you know, if you've got budget you can simply do that by employing um uh, uh, an inclusive range of models and all of that kind of stuff and that's becoming you know almost and uh, i uh, you know i want to say fashionable in that you know uh, it, and
0: no but that's is. great
1: right mm-hmm. that's really cool and so you know that most of that fashionable stuff is just people paying lip service to it because they're going
0: to get a kicking but who fucking cares if it makes the change yeah you know if we this is where we stay. Great. Well that's great As long okay. as we get the thing started as like, I don't yeah. mind the cheesy stock photos as long as we eventually make some good ones. Yeah. Like
1: yeah. if we as long do... as people with budget start start putting diverse um people in their in their photos. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go on, I was getting excited.
0: I know I was curious on the the fear of being direct in the prompt. So when you were searching for stock photos, were you not using the same direct like yeah. black woman? Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then uh, yeah, so yeah, I was I was specifically asking for different cultures or different coloured skin, um, and I was just getting nothing apart from an Asian lady with clipboard and black woman standing outside of the server room. Well, <laughs> I didn't search for that. I searched for guitar. Um, no. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It just feels a bit. It feels a bit alien when you're typing it. Feels a bit like transgressive in some small way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, and then from an SEO standpoint, I think it will enable more people to get from a blank page to content um, as it becomes more and more widely used. Um, uh, I think the, there's a couple of things that I would suggest to people um, when they're, or recommend to people and have recommended to people. One is it, you aren't going to be giving an opinion of your own because ChatGPT is okay it's just had an update but it's still using old opinions and it's finding someone else's um and if you use bard or whatever to to create that stuff which is the one my other go-to well that's just using the internet to tell you to 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 inform it so you're never you're not going to give it your opinion so okay it might be good for how-tos but you know most people are producing content that you know they've got a unique way to do things they've got so I think it's really good to get you from the blank page, but you absolutely must put your brand or your personality on it otherwise and, and your unique take on things. Otherwise, I don't think it's going to serve you in the way that you hope it serves you. It might mm-hmm. get lots of traffic, but it won't Will it? turn into conversions.
0: Maybe. Because I have heard, and I was curious to know, I have heard thoughts on Google downranking anything that's thought to be written by AI on a web page. I don't know yeah. how true that is.
1: It's going to get better at spotting it, but at the moment, I don't think it can spot it. Okay. But, uh, so, I've like, I haven't really been listening for the last two or three months. I'm off of Twitter. It's like being unshackled <laughs> from a maniac. X? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, okay. I came off it before it was X. <laughs> um, I'm still on it, but I just don't use it, I, and it's been jo- a joy. So I haven't really been listening into those SEO conversations. But the last thing I heard from John Muller, who's one of the um, – uh, Google search liaison guys, he was saying, at the moment, we would recommend that you don't simply use it, but there's there's no penalty if you do. um and I think that's probably because they can't tell what's AI written and what's not. It can tell what's not accurate because it's got a library of all of the uh, knowledge on the internet. so it can tell if it's inaccurate, but I don't think it can necessarily tell. And I was speaking to a guy I can't remember his name. But he runs a um, successful SEO agency, Bit it high and sell it cheap. So it's probably a good idea. I can't remember his name. Um, and he was saying that they're doing tests and um, they feed ChatGPT back into itself and say, which of these is written by ChatGPT mm-hmm. and give it four or five articles that it wrote in the same conversation thread.
0: Mm-hmm. and, it and it's in. only
1: spotting about one in five or one in ten that may have been written by ai and they're not changing like they're starting a conversation up here going write me 10 articles on x they feed those articles back in in the next thing and say which ones were written by a ai so i don't think it's very easy to spot the thing but google will get better at spotting it because it um uses it trains its algorithms using humans all over the world so so eventually and you you and I can spot AI written stuff pretty quickly it so really is, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna we're gonna help it learn but one of the things that that um Steve Mitchell um uh, Noisy Little Monkey's head of SEO as was um now over at our friends at Spider Group as their head of SEO one of his things and what I called his god prompt was when you've written something with chat GPT or BARD feed it back in and say what what in this Document has the footprint that it was written by AI. And it's mm-hmm. really good at spotting that. And it says, these things, these look like generalization. It's a bit too over enthusiastic here. Mm-hmm. And the language is a bit clunky here. And so then he says, rewrite it so that it doesn't rewrite those portions so they don't look like they've been written by AI. That is so good that I've used that on a couple of legal contracts where I've rewritten clauses. Um, That's an
0: interesting prompt. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, it's really good. It can tell the tone and the tone of voice. It can tell, and I'm calling it an AI tone of voice, which is like Mm. a super excited puppy that Mm. will jump at air. Like if it sees a sparkle, it's like, like every word, every word has like three words to say how excited it is about that word. (laughs) is the AI tone of voice. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. On the AI aspect comes from one of my favorite segments of the podcast is we're going to make an inclusive campaign okay so recently somewhat recently our favorite platform hubspot have integrated ai into hubspot yeah you can make an inclusive campaign talking about that okay or i can see that you are a book lover no my wife's a book lover snap I was going to take the credit for that. Sorry. Uh, Or we could make a campaign to make TikTok trendy for Gen X. Ah! (laughs) Uh, Still uh, inclusive representation. Because I'm like that. Well,
1: hang on a second. i I've Most of my friends who get on TikTok are like that. You know what? It's just girls with their boobs nearly out. Uh, I wonder why that is You know if you dwell
0: on a video Dave <laughs> It's going to bring you more videos like that Oh Sorry uh, Those are your okay. choices We can explore making an inclusive campaign For either one
1: Well um, HubSpot feels like it's easy Because they're really trying aren't they like, mm-hmm. And you know founded by a guy of asian heritage or 50% founded by um uh, uh, uh oh gosh I can't remember his name but then I can't remember the other guy's name um uh and yeah but how do you make ai Mark? okay yeah i i like the hubspot one actually cuz like it's the ai one. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay
0: okay cuz it is HubSpot is really good in terms of their brand voice and so forth. Mm. Uh, think about the target market is a marketer who's never heard of HubSpot. Okay, cool. Um, you've got a video, 30 seconds, non-skippable ad on YouTube. Oh, this is great. <laughs> what campaign are you pulling together to represent HubSpot AI and make it feel inclusive? So... I think the
1: hook is that you get it to write emails or blogs mm. and probably emails. Because it can because it can do that. I don't think I'm um <laughs> going doing the normal marketing thing of we make it so that it makes the whole strategy.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> you put it, it can make a pie in 80 seconds. Yeah, exactly. We'll figure out that later. But yes.
1: yeah, That's something for the product team to worry about. Um but yeah, so we it, you can get it to write. So I'd have the thing be like a screen of uh, 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 tell me what subject to write. Tell me, tell me what you want to write about, and I'll give you a subject line, and I'll write the email for you, mm-hmm. um, and I'll translate it into several different languages. That would be a plugin. So let's mm-hmm. not say that because that's. But you could do that because that's available with another plugin on HubSpot so I think that might be the way, um, to, to, that's the hook, I think. Okay. Making it inclusive. Um, I, I like the idea of HubSpot are already really good at using people from all different heritages in Mm -hmm. their imagery. Um, what I think they're not so that's great. Okay, look, I sound like I'm about to knock them. Um uh but I'm not. So um uh Darmesh, that's the founder of HubSpot. Um <laughs> um lovely guy. Um, Are we putting him in the commercial? <laughs> we could. We could. I mean he's but yeah I don't he doesn't do anything apart from do their big talks and um, I've got a photo of me with him somewhere um he's a billionaire and I was it was the only person I've ever taken a selfie with like I've walked past other famous people but I was like wow oh, it's Damesh and I'm it's just two really nerdy people horrified at what's happened um, it's,
0: it's, it's great anyway um so, so uh starting uh, the starting this, the ad on a shot of someone's email yeah. And they're, they're, they're integrated, they're, they're engaging with HubSpot AI. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then uh, pull back their, um, uh, 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 let's have them sat at their. So then we have them do a rewrite that says rewrite this to use less abbreviations and More clear language Mm. because it's an AI, so you can ask it to do that. Because some people get struggle with abbreviation. Certainly, um, I know my nephew, who's profoundly dyslexic, um, just is appalling at that stuff. So, making stuff simple for people who um uh struggle with that, then I think I'd probably um, uh, so. Yeah, use less abbreviations, make it simpler language, make it punchy. Um, uh, uh, you need that that kind of marketing stuff. So use our brand colors, um, but use them in a way that is um, uh, in- accessible and inclusive. So you can ask it to do those three things. Um, and I think I'd, ha- and, I mean, this is really hackneyed, but I think I'd have that all back, and you've got, um, people of um uh, uh, uh different disabilities or mm-hmm. people with different different disabilities um being part of the marketing crew because not that it doesn't have to just be like the person in a wheelchair mm-hmm. um but i think that's one of the things that that most most um uh businesses are missing is that okay we've, we're doing really well with people of color and we're doing much better with um, accessibility but we pay a lot of lip service to um, people with disabilities um uh, and that we're inclusive but we you know there isn't that's Any really that's still yeah still quite a way back so um yeah having um uh you know an intersectional okay set of people um, i think i see it high-fiving
0: or whatever it is. No, I don't, they're not I mean, okay, no. I, uh, what I see about it. they're all? They're not fist bumping either. <laughs> in <laughs> so, a star shape. the The shot opens with a very icky, horrible, really like old school email campaign that just looks everything wrong. And then you see someone's hand on the keyboard, and it could be a woman's hands. Let's say nails done, um, fair skin tone, typing away and typing to. Uh, hubspot ai to improve it sends it so the camera pulls out and there's a smile on her face we see her then we see the email go and it goes to someone else in the marketing team who also uses hubspot um, they have okay. just finished sign languaging to someone else on the team they look at it and then they type and say oh the color contrast is off and it edits it and then we see the email become inclusive as it's yeah. pinging around different yeah. people interacting with the AI slash making the thing more inclusive. Yeah. So you get the people and you get yeah. the AI. Yeah,
1: yeah, I see That's it. a much better idea. Let's
0: do that one. <laughs> swap if you want. <laughs> um, no, but I think that's a good one because I think the representation of non-visible disabilities is something that we don't see in marketing mm-hmm. for marketeers. Yeah. Because there's marketing for general public, but marketing for marketeers, like yeah, we never see that. It is the woman in the wheelchair. It is like the the very blatant generic stuff. But yeah, someone who is hard of hearing can do marketing. It's not yeah. a far fetched thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ooh. I might. I haven't tried HubSpot AI yet. I might. I've just sold myself on it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even know if it can do those things. Well,
1: so it does. Yeah, no, it uses ChatGPT, so it would do a lot of the those things. It is a bit more restricted, but mm-hmm. yeah, um, Darmesh made it, so it's good. It's like early HubSpot. It's like, oh, this is this is the good stuff.
0: I am officially declaring. If you didn't know before, a marketing nerd. <laughs>
1: yeah Hard, definitely that
0: <laughs> hardcore marketing nerd okay i thanks. like
1: turn-based strategy games and marketing
0: <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: you're trying but to round up and i'm just nattering
0: hey i'm trying to round up. let the people know where they can find you on the internet john um
1: well at the moment they can't because i'm not doing any social media yeah. and let me tell you friends <sighs> it's joyous um even linkedin Oh, yeah, you can find me on that. Yeah. Uh, And I am on LinkedIn. Um, Just look for John Payne on LinkedIn. um, And I think if you go LinkedIn.com forward slash Mr. M-R-J-O-N Payne, B A -A you'll find me. Um,
0: Thank you so much for joining me on the Marketing Made Inclusive podcast, John. This has been a merry-go-round of a conversation, but it's been really insightful to hear your perspective on how we can make marketing more inclusive from SEO, from teams, from working with clients. We've covered so much. And thank you for tuning in and listening to the Marks Made Inclusive Podcast. You can find me anywhere on the internet at Joanne Boyce. That is J-O-Y-A-N-N-B-O-Y-C-E. All the links mentioned will be in the show notes. Tune in next week for all things inclusive marketing.